This program is brought to you by SoundsTrue.com. For those seeking genuine transformation, SoundsTrue.com is your trusted partner on the spiritual journey, offering diverse, in-depth, and life-changing wisdom. Many voices, one journey. SoundsTrue.com You're listening to Insights at the Edge. Today I speak with Jeff Klein, the Executive Director and Chief Integration Officer, truly a career title for the 21st century, of Conscious Capitalism, Inc., as well as the CEO of Cause Alliance Marketing, and the author of a new Sounds True book, Working for Good, Making a Difference While Making a Living. I spoke with Jeff about many of the tensions that exist in the workplace between our ideals, our heart ideals, and the gritty realities of business. Here's Jeff Klein doing well by doing good. To begin with, Jeff, can you just summarize working for good? What is the philosophical statement of working for good? What is it? Hmm. Working for good is an approach to work. It's how we work. Right? What I've observed over you know, the last 30 years of working in various organizations that were intending to do good in the world, that what they were doing, the product that they were producing, was fabulous. But often, the way that they were doing it didn't line up. And my understanding is that how we relate to ourselves and each other in the context of work is as important or more important than what we're actually doing. And that if our intention is to create a better world, right, sustainable, people flourishing, then we've got to work in ways that cultivate that. And that's really the essence of working for good. So you're saying you worked in lots of organizations that purported to be doing something positive for the world, but the actual work experience was filled with... What kinds of garbage did you witness? (laughs) Just a quick summary of the main forms of garbage. Well, one form of garbage is that the idealistic vision takes precedence over people, right? So you might want to, you know, preserve the gene pool, but, uh, you know, people have horrible working conditions, or they don't have any supervision, and they don't know what they're supposed to be doing, And they're frustrated and stressed out and anxious because of that. Or your intention is to, you know, alleviate poverty and, you know, make the world a better place. Yeah. But you've got your hand like this on on where the people in your organization can go. Yeah. Like, uh, no, you just stay right there, right? And anytime somebody tries to really express themselves and their creativity, it's like, hmm, no. So that incongruity between... You know, creating a world where people are flourishing and not creating the conditions and not treating people in ways that supports the flourishing right there. Yeah. So what did you discover about what people need in businesses so that the process of their work actually reflects their highest values? What do we have to do differently in business? Well, the most important thing, and I, this is the first skill yeah. of, of working for good, is awareness, right? It all begins with awareness of recognizing, right? what it is we're doing and how it's affecting us and how it's affecting others and how it's affecting, you know, our whole system, meaning the the, the system of our business and what's happening as we, you know, go out into the marketplace and the world. So awareness is the first thing. Okay, and how do you define awareness? I define awareness as as a conscious recognition of, oh, I see what's going on. I see, I recognize how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking, or I recognize the effect that what I'm doing has on another person, or I recognize the effect of what they're doing has on me, or I recognize the effect of you know, the, the way that we're doing things has on each of us or all of us together. And then, first, after recognizing it, go, make, being able to make a conscious decision, I'm going to do something about this, or mm-hmm. I'm going to bring this up. Or I'm going to inquire about this. You know, it's like I'm, you know, I'm wondering. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable about or, or the way that we're doing things here. I wonder if you know if, if you are. Or I notice that you've re- been really stressed out lately. Is there something going on? You know, opening the space 
for the real stuff that's going on underneath to come up. And I find, I mean, I'm finding more and more as I now, you know, take this out into the world and talk to people, people are just, yes, you know, we have to check our values or our personalities at the door or, you know, I can't say this or I can't do that or, you know, yeah, it's a good job, but, right? I mean, everywhere I go, people have this this feeling of being suppressed, not being able to be who they are or bring what they have to offer, really have to offer, to their work. Yeah. And it's not working for them. And the organizations aren't getting all that they could get either, right? Well, I guess here's the challenge yeah. that I have for you. Yeah. I, here it sounds true, know many different spiritual teachers who yeah. teach on awareness. Mm -hmm. And they teach wonderful practices. And when you're with them, you even feel this quality of spaciousness and openness. Mm -hmm. But, and I've seen this in many cases, that their organizations are a mess. Yeah. <laughs> that the awareness that they have yes. has actually not led to organizational intelligence when it comes to putting together an organizational <laughs> chart or understanding yeah. process flows or understanding cash or any of those other things. So it seems like awareness and even then the ability to know how you're feeling and talk about those feelings is actually not enough to make a good business. Absolutely. Totally. Totally agree. And what, you know, I've defined five skills of working for good, okay. which relate to each other in a system, right? Okay. So it's awareness, embodiment, connection, collaboration, and integration. Okay. Right? And mind you, the skills of business, right? Yeah. Accounting, marketing, operations, you know, yeah. management and all that, those are connected to these skills. But these are meta skills, as it were, that make the functioning of all of those processes and skills work better. Uh -huh. right? So awareness, as I say, if you don't take it, if you don't act on it, if you don't embody it, yeah. it's useless. So the progression is you start with awareness. Then you, you take the lens of awareness and look at, okay, where am I in relation to my work, right? What is it that turns me on, right? What are my intentions with respect to my work? What's my purpose, you know? What are the principles that guide me? And I'm not saying me, starting with the individual yeah. here, right? But then that also spreads to the us, yeah. you know, to the we. And what are the commitments I'm going to make? So you're, you're taking awareness, shining it on yourself in relationship to your work and bringing that. But then the next step is, okay, how am I interacting with other people, right? Because ultimately, businesses, businesses are a form of social organization, right? Yeah. People come together to do something together, Yeah. right? A family is a form of social organization that has a you know certain orientation. It does something. A business does something specific. Okay, we're making we're publishing wisdom publications, yeah. right? How are we going to work together in the context of this business, right? Lovingly, R loving, kindly, and, uh, generously, generously, and and transparently, transparently, yeah. and and openly. And it might be okay for us to have arguments, right? Yeah. Right? Good hot ones. Even. Yeah. But we're going to start from the place of we have certain principles. And the principles are that I'm going to express myself fully, but I'm not attacking you as a human being, right? Yeah. And we're going to make that explicit. And yeah. we're going to know when we're, when we're going to get hot. It's like, you know what? I'm getting hot now. Are you okay with me getting hot Yeah, right I now? want you to get hot, Jeff. I'm going to let it okay. rip, all right? So, you know, establishing those ground rules and, and building the fabric, right? Yeah. Which is trust and you know, yeah. compassion. And, you know, right now, trust is a big theme in, in business, right? Because it's been so destroyed. Be because there is no trust, yeah. right? I mean, we, inside businesses and, you know, the outside two businesses, you know, yeah. consumers, as it were, no trust in business, right? Employees, no trust in management, etc. Yeah. Well, trust happens between human beings, right? Yeah. So bringing that embodied awareness into relationship and cultivating the skills and the practice of being human with each other. Because ultimately, we are human. Remember, it's a human social organization here, yeah. right? It's not some abstract thing in a book, right? It's people doing things together. Yeah. So if people are going to do things together, then they got to be together. Yeah. Right? And then from connection comes collaboration. Collaboration is a specific, I mean, we can be connected with each other and not do anything, right? Yeah. But in the context of business and producing results, we've got to work together. Collaboration, laboration, labor, right? Yeah. Doing something. There's a whole other set of skills and practices that we can use to facilitate or make easier the process of collaboration. But awareness, embodiment, and connection are the ground, right? 
that give us a foundation for collaborating in ways that really unleash our collective intelligence okay. and our collective conscience okay? and creativity, etc. Integration is the process of, you know, what happens when you come together and stir it up and new ideas and new experiences, you digest it and ultimately, you know, you the individual, you the relationship, you the organization is different from where you were yesterday. Right? Yeah. And integration is a process of that recognizing that new, you know, that new place that you are with new intelligence, new capacity. And the, the, the process of integration also gives you the opportunity to go, okay, well, what's next maybe, right? And what, are we, what haven't we yet addressed here? Yeah. You know, if there's some shadows or holes or unaddressed issues, you know, voices that we're pushing down, right? Yeah. It's like gives us a chance to go, again, put awareness here. What is, what is it that we're not necessarily, you know, paying attention to or repressing a little bit? Opportunities to bring them to the fore. And then what happens when you integrate... When you come back around to awareness, you're in a new place, right? You've got a broader vision or deeper. Okay, so the whole process as you're talking, I'm imagining yeah. a couple of examples, both uh, within Sounds True, but also in the greater business yeah. world, where I can see people coming together who are aware. Yeah. I mean, some, at least somewhat aware how they're, you know, how they're feeling. They're willing to speak what's going on for them. Yep. There's a personal connection that's being made. But then when it comes to that collaboration step, yeah. they just have different needs and wants. I want to do it this way. I'm being honest. This is what I'm feeling. I'm connected to you. I like you. But guess mm -hmm. what? I think this is the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. And this other person who's saying, well, actually, I totally disagree with you. Mm -hmm. and, and the collaboration part doesn't actually happen. I mean, I've seen this in terms of different departments here at the company mm -hmm. who the people, I mean, these are people who are doing their spiritual practices, sure. believe it or not, have probably a much higher level of self-awareness than people in most companies actually here in Boulder, Colorado, et cetera, right. committed to this kind of material. That's why they're working. It sounds true. They're willing to speak their truth to strong-minded people. <laughs> They're willing to be personally connected. But when it comes to collaborating, they just, they see it differently. What do you do? Well, it's part of, partly it depends on the context. But yeah? in colla collaboration does not mean that everyone has to get along and be able to agree on what you're doing. Yeah. Right? There's a, you can call it, there's hierarchies even within collaboration. You can have a situation where consensus-based, where everyone has to agree on the decision, yeah. right? And and then, or if they don't agree, the next step is don't agree with it, but we'll go along with it, right? right? And then the next level is somebody is going to take the decision regardless of what everyone else thinks, but is going to be informed by a collaborative process, right? Yep. So you, for instance, as the, yeah. you know, the head honcho here, yeah. it sounds true, you can create the space for and facilitate a collaborative process, at the end of the day, you can say, you know what, this is the way it's going to be, though, regardless of anything else. And as long as that's the agreement and the yeah. rules and everybody understands that, that's totally fine. Yeah. In the, in the, this, the situation that you outlined where you know, yeah. there's just certain people that can't get along. Yeah, or well, see it differently. See or the work, see it differently. See the work needs well, differently. Well, yeah. one is, you know, it depends on the, the specific context yeah. and what is it that yeah. you're looking to collaborate, you know, yeah. facilitate an agreement or a collaboration on. Yeah. You know, there are skillful ways, and it also depends on how much time you yeah. want to take and what you can afford, the resources you can afford for the process to, you know, maybe, you know, some higher intelligence or, you yeah. know, might say, you know what, we're going to stay with this because we need to find a way, right? Yeah. And the way might be a new, you know, shift in the way you're organized, right? And that it's okay if they're not, you know, working together yeah. as long as what they're doing is coordinated, right? They may not have to collaborate, but it might need to be coordinated. And then it's a question of, okay, what's the coordination process? Do the two of them need to coordinate or is there another yeah. way that their work can be coordinated? So you can design around the fact that they can't collaborate, but yeah. make it real clear that that's what you're doing, right? Well, I guess what, what, part yeah. of where I'm coming from when yeah. I hear your model yeah. is, you know, I gave you the example of the aware spiritual teachers yeah. and how their organizations yeah. often don't work because they actually don't have training in the traditional business skills to combine with these inner skills. You know, or that's I'd, a nice excuse, but... I, maybe that's... What's, what's your Well, reason? you know, I actually... I mean, I, I have an issue with that. I'm, I appreciate that you bring it up because I've seen that and I've seen it in companies as yeah. well, you know, with these higher aspirations and great visions yeah. and a mess, yeah. right? And, you know, you can recognize that you don't know how to do something and you find 
someone who does, right? Yeah. You know, it's not rocket science. I mean, that's part of the whole opportunity that we have in business in, in, and in an organization, whether it's a for-profit or a non-profit, yeah. is, you know, you've got this purpose, which is transmitting these teachings, yeah. right? Then you need to create the, the corpus, right? The body yeah. that carries them. Yeah. So if your teachings are meant to, you know, create yeah. flourishing and all that, well, then you would think that you would have an intention or a commitment to create a corpus yeah. that reflects that. Yeah. So find the people who can do it. There's no, I, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, Maybe okay. I'm a little bit, but I, no, there's okay. no excuse. Okay, so that's fine. So I, I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. Make the commitment, find the right people find the right who are people. trained. Okay, yeah. so that's one example. But then yeah. I've also seen some of the uh, publicly brightest-faced conscious capitalist businesses yeah. who talk a lot of the talk, but yeah. when you get in and you talk to people who've worked at these companies over a period of time, they're like, you know, when you really look at what's happening inside those doors in terms of human relationships yeah. and blah, blah, blah. There's a breakdown somewhere in this five-part process you've described. Yeah. So the way you describe it, it sounds kind of wonderful and beautiful. Sure. You know, we're going to be aware, we're going to embody that, we're going to speak, you know. And, and that's not actually the way it looks when it gets rolled out at a lot of businesses. So I'm curious <clears> in your view, I chose the collaboration yeah. part no, that's that's as the great... breakdown, but maybe that's yeah. not the breakdown. Where do you see it breaking down often in practice, and how do we address those breakdowns? Yeah, first of all, that's a great question and a great example. Um, first of all, you know, we're all in process, right? We're all learning, we're all growing, we're all developing or dying, you know? Yeah. And, you know, there is no perfection, yeah. as it were. There's commitment, and there's embodiment, and there's mistakes, and there's, you know, parts that work and parts that don't work. Yeah. So I want to acknowledge that, that there's no perfect company yeah, you know, out there doing everything perfectly. Yeah, um, and especially as companies get bigger and more complex, yeah, it's hard to sustain, you know, the culture, one and two, the just the human infrastructure, right? Yeah, the more people you have, the more, you know, idiosyncrasies, the more different chemistries you're going to yeah. have, so you're going to have issues. And challenges and people's psychology, the people who are complaining, it could have been their shadows projected onto the company. You yeah. don't know, right? Yeah. But you have to look at what is the stated intention, right? Yeah. What, are the, what are the structures and processes and principles that are in place? Yeah. And how are they being embodied and, and practiced, right? And you have to look, and, and to what extent is the system on different levels aware of, you know, what it's doing right? And what's not working and where there, there's still opportunities to grow and learn. I mean, one of the things I love about John, you know, John Mackey, yeah. is, you know, he's looking at it all the time. It's like, okay, what am I, you know, where do I need to continue to grow and stretch in service to the company? And where are these wonderful systems, you know, that we've designed and we're implementing, you know, where are they working and where are they maybe not working as, you know, things shift and change? And I, I, I see... You know, Chip Conley, same thing. As this is the CEO of... Of Joy de Vivre Hotels. Yeah. You know, he's built a, bi a business based around um, Maslow's hierarchy and peak and really cultivating human flourishing, right, okay. within his organization. Yeah. But having to deal with, uh, you know, economic downturn. Yeah. And, you know, he did it before in 2001 and really stuck with people. And it served to get him through it. You know, now it's another downturn and, a, you know, a, a, a difficult one. You have to face those challenges and questions and what are the decisions you make. But living, you know, with the questions and very purposefully living with the questions and holding, you know, all of your intentions and all of the, the, the demands on you as you make your decisions. You might make the decision to go the, you know, say the financial decision over the human decision, but you're going to, it's going to be a process and an agonizing one. And I'm not suggesting the chip yeah. does that or has done that. But you're, you're not just, it's not the only thing you're considering. You're really looking at, you know, the whole fabric that you're working with. Yeah. Well, I can imagine someone from the outside of this whole working for good conscious capitalist yeah. movement, they could say, well, you know, great, these kinds of principles, this five-step model, mm -hmm. doesn't really work all that well for the people who are trying to do it. They're on some aspiration curve. It works somewhat, mm -hmm. but they're, they're, you know, so why even bother? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that would sure. be the kind of cynic's view. Like, this is not even working so great for all these do-gooder companies. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, They're trying. Great, but... Do, Not doing so great is relative, right? Because yeah. everybody has challenges. 
And it's a question of what are the challenges you're facing, right? Or, yeah. And how do you look at them? The other thing is, you know, why do this? Well, the old model isn't working, right? I mean, you've got hordes of people living in quiet desperation, and some of them in not-so-quiet desperation, right? Yeah. Employees. And if you look at employee surveys, they are demanding now that companies and management consider their well-being and beyond just healthcare insurance, yeah. right? And that they have an active say, and that management taking an active interest in their growth and development is way up there on what employees are looking for, right? Customers, consumers, you know, same thing. Companies that are taking care of their employees, companies that are serving the greater good in some way, that's where people are putting their allegiance to. The millennial generation, you know, they pretty much explicitly said, we're only going to work for companies that are, you know, conscious on some level. Yeah. And we're only going to buy from companies that are. Now, what do you mean by the word conscious? Well, I put that? it in quotation yeah, so marks, but meaning companies that are treating people with respect and Treating them as human beings. I'm only going to work someplace where yeah. people treat me with respect. I think that's reasonable. <laughs> it's reasonable. I think that's like a bottom line reasonable it, thing it's to reasonable, ask for. But you know Why what? would I go into work and not be treated with respect? Why but, would I go anywhere? Well, uh, absolutely. You know, and it, one of the things that I, that I get, I mean, I'm a pretty straightforward, yeah. you know, simple guy, you know. Basic rules like the, the golden rule yeah, and yeah. respect. Is This is all common sense. You know, and people yeah. read about the book or read the book, they go... This makes so much sense. I mean, it's just common sense. Yeah. Yes, it's common sense, but that's not being applied. And people will check their values and their personalities and their needs at the door for the check, right? And yeah, I mean, they've done it. And yeah. th what's more and more, they're going, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, thank God. Exactly. Can't do this anymore. So really, in a, in a certain respect, I'm expressing what, I've heard and witnessed, you know, countless others expressing. Um, so you think this millennial generation has sort of like a higher sense of self-esteem or a higher willingness to prostitute themselves for money? It's not just about money. I, I have to be, I, I need, I have a certain level of uh, what I need as a person and I'm not going to compromise that. Yeah, I do. I do. And, and the, you know, the research says the same thing and what research? Uh, Cone Roper and uh, Duke uh, University have done yeah. studies of, you know, the millennials and of people's relationship to companies and their behavior yeah. and relationship to their cause activity. So, And, and the, what is that research? Well, the research stating, says yeah. that the millennials, and I don't remember the exact number, but the millennials... And millennials mean you're born in... You, you know, you're, you're, you're about, you know, 18 to 20-some to years old now. Okay. And... Uh, that they're, you know, 85, 88% will buy from a company that is in some way serving society, you know, whether it's actively yeah. engaged in a cause, as long as the product quality yeah. is equal. Whereas, you know, other adults, it's maybe 75, 76%. So there's a, you know, while the boomers are in this direction as well, the millennials are even more so. Uh -huh. And what's your explanation for that? Well, they're the kids of the baby boomers, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> you know? And, and there's a book called Generations, which kind of maps out all the generations and just yeah. says, this is the DNA of this generation. And they're a generation that is, in a certain respect, more action-oriented than, than the boomers. Even the boomers were idealists. Yeah. And these guys are, no, these are, the, these are the folks that go, well, we're actually doing this now. Yeah. Right? One of the key things, it seems to me, in a business is simply what's the motivation behind the business mm -hmm. to start with. And what I'm curious about is do you think that someone could have a motivation that says, I want to make money, I want to do good, and both these things are actually equal. They're equal. Mm -hmm. One is not stronger than the other. And they would be able to roll that out through the course of their life with both of those things. Or is, does one always sort of take precedence yeah. because there's a certain point where you've got to kind of one, one takes the lead. You can't kind of hold both. Or can you hold both evenly? I, I love that question. I really love that question. Well, Jeff, I'm so happy. No, I, re no, really. I think it's a fabulous question. And it's one that I've actually been, you know, kind of wrestling yeah. with for a long time. And for, for the short answer is yes. You can hold both equally, 50-50. Yeah, well, you know, you go like this. Yeah. And the, the, the point of the question, an underlying question to that is... What is the motivation in relation to the money piece, right? In other words, 
is it I'm doing this for the money, right? Or I'm, you know, after the money, as opposed to I'm after, I've got a calling and there's a purpose, right? The thing, it raises the whole question is what is money about, right? Yeah. So if money is about sustainability, sustenance, nourishment. What if it's about more than that? What if it's about power and freedom and uh, opportunity? Exactly. exactly. And, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't want just that's sustainability. Well, that, I want, you know, absolutely. I want major power, major absolutely. freedom, major opportunities. Absolutely. To- I don't want like a little sustainable money. No, to- totally. I, I was going, okay. you open, yeah, it's all of these things, right? Money yeah. isn't just, you know, something you put in your pocket. Yeah, I don't want just like food tomorrow. Yeah, no, you know? it's exactly. And so that's aspirational in itself, right? That's aspirational for, from as a human being yeah. and as a family and as a community. It's like, yeah, we want to create wealth here, abundance, openness, as you say, yeah. opportunity, right? And we have a specific purpose, other specific purpose, which is to deliver wisdom, right? Yeah. Or, you know. To, all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Food, good food to, to eat. Yeah. And all kinds of, so, yeah, if we look at the money part as all that the money represents, then I think it's actually healthy to hold both. But and, you, and, and, and I'm really happy you asked that because I've not heard that articulated and I haven't articulated that. But don't you think that for someone trying to do that, they could feel kind of like they're riding two horses? Like, you know, you can't ride two horses. You've got to ride one. You know, trying to, try, trying to really do both of these things is going to somehow, there's going to reach a point where you have to make, is, do you think so? Some kind of decision like, well, you know, this, you know, this one's going to have to take the lead well, you, in this decision. You know, this it's, one's gonna, you that's know. interesting because, you know, the whole conversation around purpose yeah. and that, you know, business, the core of a business, that every business has a deeper purpose. No, you're saying this whole conversation, this is a conversation. Meaning there's a conversation in the context of the conscious capitalism movement. Okay, so right? maybe you can explain that for our, our listeners. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, conscious capitalism and the Conscious Business Alliance, yeah. which kind of were born out of flow, yeah. which John Mackey and Michael Strong found, and I've been running for the last four years, um, is focused on catalyzing and advancing a new model of business, essentially, yeah. focused on three principles. And the first principle is purpose, that yeah. every business has a deeper purpose, deeper than return on investment, right? And the second principle is that, the, that a business exists in a system of interdependent, interrelated stakeholders, and that the way to create a healthy business is to create value for all the stakeholders. Again, not focusing on just the shareholders, and investment, return on investment, but focusing on the system. Yeah. It's like any a garden, you know. You can't just take care of, you know, one plant. You yeah. gotta look at the soil and the water and the other plants around it, etc. And then the third principle is leadership. And we haven't fixed on a, a, an adjective, whether it's servant leadership or conscious leadership, but it's the kind of leadership that is there in service to the purpose and to the stakeholder system yeah. and the stakeholders, right? And that it's leadership that cultivates that spirit and that way of leading throughout the organization, yeah. right? As opposed to, I'm the boss and I'm here to get my big paycheck, right? Yeah. Although <laughs> but, I might want to get my big paycheck too. Yeah, too, but it should come out of service. It's a yeah, byproduct. I'm with you. Okay. So yeah. with the idea of purpose, a purpose, the first principle here of a conscious business, yes. that there's so, a purpose beyond... Beyond return on return investment. investment. Now, if we just stop and pause right there, yeah. I would say most businesses don't have a purpose beyond return on investment. A lot of businesses don't. When I hear a lot of people I know, right. even, talking about the business that, you know, uh-huh. it's not necessarily like, oh, this is some purpose that's going to help other people. or blah, blah. It's like, hey, this has got great margins. I, you know, I think I have the skills to do it. I could make some good money. And, oh, and by the way, once I do this business that has great margins, uh-huh. and then I can do some nice things for my employees because I'm a nice person. So, well, think you know? about Give an example. Of, of, of somebody makes a widget, right? Yeah. But that widget does something, right? That widget has a purpose, right? Yeah. It's serving something in some way, right? If the purpose of your business is to make money, hi, I'm in business to make money. Would yeah. you please give me your money so I can make money? Right. Come on. It, nobody's yeah. going to transact with a business that only exists to make money. You've got to be delivering some kind of service right. or product. Right. And there is a purpose underlying that, right? Like Walmart's purpose was and to some extent still is, you know, providing access to goods yeah. at a low cost that people wouldn't otherwise have access to. Right? Yeah. 
That's a perfect meaningful Okay, but it's interesting. Like, you know, someone says, you know, I'm going to be a personal injury attorney because I think I can make a lot of money. And part of that is I want to help these people, blah, blah. But that kind of comes in later as an explanation. Like, oh, there's something good I can, some some good. That's not really why they're doing it. So that's so that your your question is about motivation again. It is because really. there's a difference between motivation and purpose, right? Okay. You may not be deeply connected to the purpose. You may not be coming from the place of the purpose. Yeah. But it's still there. Okay. Right? Providing that service. Yeah. Is the purpose. Okay. Right? And the you know the sense of conscious capitalism is that if you shift your focus from making the money to the purpose. And to the stakeholders, and you support that system, you're going to end up with a happier, healthier, more money. You know, I mean, you're going to have a different experience, and you're going to have a successful business. So what you're saying is, actually, regardless of the person's original motivation, regardless, Mm -hmm. anybody who's in business Mm -hmm. could be running a conscious business. Absolutely. If they focused on the purpose, if if they they shifted their... And the stakeholders, yeah. and, and they and they shifted their focus from money. You know, it's like it's not about this; it's about you know what we're doing and why we're doing it, and how we're all interacting together to do this. Our customers, employees, vendors, investors, the community, right? We're all in this together. Yeah. Right. This is a social activity, right? Social yeah. enterprise. Yeah. All enterprise is social enterprise. Okay, so. but let me just, just go a little bit harder here for a second, go. Jeff. All right. Is, you know, <laughs> so I've, I've met a lot of people in business, and I've met a lot of people who are doing good work in the world. Yeah. And I've met a few who are doing actually both and really combining yep. them, and clearly you're one of them and the network of people you're associated with. But it seems to be a minority. And in general, okay, maybe in, in your view, minority. it's a minority it's, that's it's growing, minor- yeah, that's maybe hopefully exactly. growing and right. hopefully growing through some of these kinds of efforts and right. working for good, the book, it's, and other things. But it seems like most people I know fall into two different kinds of motivational camps. Mm-hmm. One group of people is very motivated by service. There's something in their heart that just says, that is the most important thing mm-hmm. to me, is to um, you know, serve love in the world and its expression and justice, etc. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who are like, you know... If I don't take care of my ass, nobody will. Mm -hmm. And really, the real thing that's motivating me is that I want to make a good living, and I want to provide for my family, and I want the freedom and the power and everything that comes from this. And I'd rather not, like, I don't want to, you know, stampede people in the process. I'd like to be a good person in the process. But that's really what's motivating me. Right. Because if I don't take care of myself, nobody will. Right. Okay? And these people who are these service people, these do-gooders over there, great. You know what I mean? They can go to church on Sundays and die and go to heaven. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Good for them. But I'm, I'm going to get mine. Yeah. And there's, there's very few people who actually somehow seem to bring this into a meaningful whole. Yeah. I mean, is that your experience? Yes. That's my experience, too. But, you know, I've been, you know, on this path for 30 years. Yeah. consider it a path, right? What what the path the is? The path of integrating okay. service and business. Okay. You know, service and money, as it yep. were. And um, doing well by while doing good, yep. so to speak. And what I've seen, it's like the same way that the social investment industry. I, I, I was observing it. I actually did research on it yeah. for Bob Rodale in 1981 when it was incipient, right? Yeah. And now it's a trillion-dollar industry, right? So, so, watched it grow. It's the same thing here. This it's a, the natural products industry, right? Yeah. Organic food was nothing, you know, 1961. Yeah. Now it's a you know multi-billion-dollar industry. This is an emerging movement. It is, without a qu- question, as to how far and wide and deeply it will reach and how much influence we'll have. You know, let's look back five, ten, fifteen years from now. But it is here. It is happening. And it is starting to reach more people, and more people are starting to ask for it, pay attention to it, show up at the table for the conversations, for the explorations. So it's, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. And how fast and how big, you know, I don't presume to know. But it's here. You know, it's it's you know, it's like in a ecosystem starts with the pioneer plants, right? Yeah. Well, the pioneers are now well established, and then the the next generation, the next wave of plants that come and grow under the shade of the pioneers, yeah, they're showing up. And and who do you see as the key pioneers? Well, wow. 
I mean, certainly John and Whole Foods are a significant pioneer. And then there are many smaller companies, you know, 100, 200, 300 million dollar companies in the natural products industry. You know, there's Ben and Jerry's in some respect. Um, certainly Kip Tyndall of the container store, Chip of Joy de Vivre. You know, different companies embody different parts of this, but the, the, this full integrated model, Whole Foods, the Container Store, Joy de Vivre. So let's just let's just yeah. stop with those three sure. for a second, because those are three good examples yeah. of you know successful large companies. Yeah. What is it about Whole Foods that blows your mind about their working for good pioneering hood, and not what they talk about, but what they're actually doing? Well, first of all, is the um, the team based structure that they have really sets a DNA for empowerment. I mean, people learn and grow in their jobs, and they have a sense of, you know, authorship in the, working in a store on the floor. They okay. have a sense of authorship of what they're doing, you know, a sense of responsibility, of ownership. So team-based, meaning everything doesn't come from some exactly. corporate headquarters. Exactly. It doesn't come from, from okay. the top down. Okay. You know, that's one piece that reflects this way of thinking, right? Okay. Um, their evolution of their purpose, the evolution of their understanding of the stakeholder model, so, for instance, they, they recently added to their core values yeah. a new one that relates to their vendors because there wasn't a articulated value relating to their vendors. And their vendors said, hey, I thought we're part of your system here. And they realized, oh, you know, we articulated our values 25 years ago. We weren't thinking of our vendors yeah. in that way, but clearly we've evolved that way. So they recognizing the evolutionary process and integrating it. Right? Okay. Um, one development... In, in Whole Foods that John talks about a lot was the evolution or the emergence of the Whole Planet Foundation. Right? Uh-huh. The Whole Planet Foundation came out of, you know, the core management team recognizing, all right, you know, what is it, what do we need to do next? And they realized, okay, we're doing business globally now, right? Yeah. We have effect everywhere. We're sourcing products from all over the world. And as we understand that we have a responsibility to the communities that we work in and the stores all raise money for and distribute to to communities. We now as a company have a responsibility to a broader global community. And they determined that one of the ways that they could embody that responsibility was through a microcredit program, providing microcredit to women principally in communities where they're sourcing product. Mm-hmm. Not to the producers of the products, yeah. but in those communities. And the interesting thing, so coming from that place, right, understanding stakeholder, coming from their purpose, yeah, the effect on the whole system was extraordinary, right? Team members have never been more turned on by anything Whole Foods has done, you know, yeah. lining up to volunteer to go to things, yeah. customers, you know, making contributions, vendors lining up to, to join the program and make contributions and have yeah, their team. So there's something coming from this, you know, purpose-driven stakeholder model you have a new, you know, something new emerges that just reflects the system and energizes the system. And that that's very exciting. Okay, so let's just briefly yeah. touch on these other two examples sure. of the container store and... Joy de Vivre. What about their businesses that you think make them pioneering contributors? Sure, and, and I don't know as much about them yeah. uh, as I do. Yeah. But I, uh, I know that um, the container store provides more training for their team members than possibly any other retailer. Okay. I mean, just hundreds of hours. And they have the longest retention there. I think the average, you know, length of, of, of employment is like 20 years. I mean, people stay for life. Yeah. You go into one of those stores and it's like you're meeting, it's like going into a mom and pop shop and you're talking to mom or pop. Yeah. They all own it, right? Uh-huh. So that intention and that culture is absolutely manifest. Yeah. You can feel it when yeah. you go into the place. So that's one that I okay. have direct because I go to the store, okay. you know, frequently. Joy de Vivre, I don't have the same kind of experience with. I have more of knowing Chip, reading his book, you know, talking to others, you know, in that industry that there's just a reputation of, you know, from the, you know, Mexican women cleaning the toilets, right? Everybody recognizes a human being and give an opportunity to develop themselves. So, it's part, of, again, part of the culture. And, 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 and they... You know, during hard times, Chip took no salary rather than firing people, uh-huh. you know, which is huge. It is huge. I mean, you look at what, you know, some of the companies have done. Yeah. Bigger com- you know, firing, you know, thousands of people and not even cutting a penny from their, you know, multi-million dollar salaries. Yeah. 
totally different consciousness. Yeah. Well, it sounds like with the working for good principles and this idea of cultural empowerment and mm-hmm. treating humans as ends in themselves, mm-hmm. that this could apply even if you started your business because you wanted to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You could still see the value of these principles as allowing you to run your successful business even more successfully. Absolutely. Or you yeah. could have be interested in business more like me or others right. from the do-gooder perspective right. and then said, wow, here's, here's a way that I want to be successful and these principles actually give me an opportunity to operationalize what I care about. So either way, regardless of what your original motivation is, it can all kind of come together in this working for good model. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. And and the third is, if yeah. you're going to start a business, yeah. start it from here, right? So yes, yeah. it's in, in, in any case, they apply. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you see as the biggest challenges for people who are looking at these principles and they want to bring them into business? What do you think are the challenges they face? <laughs> That's a really good... I'm, I'm laughing because, you know, it's kind of the challenges when you um, enter into a spiritual path or a hero's journey, right, is... You have a lot of challenges, it sounds to me. <laughs> exactly. Well, you, you, you know, it's stuff comes up, right? I mean, the biggest challenge is recognizing that you're going to be dealing with things. You're going to be dealing with issues that come up for yourself. There's going to be dealing with you know, issues that come up with other people. And it's not about creating encounter groups at work, Yeah. right? I mean, we're... Well, com- let's get personal. Yeah. What, what has come up for you in trying to live these principles in your work life that you would say has well, been the challenge? Well, one thing is, you know, there have been times, you know, I've gotten the hammered, you know, holding up, you know, a light or raising questions of what are we doing here and how are we doing it? And, you know, I was like saying, well, the king's not wearing any clothes, you know? Right. You mean other people in the organization other people were just like, going, Jeff, couldn't you just be quiet, Yeah, please? couldn't you just yeah. be quiet, please? And, I can imagine and, that. And a lot worse than that sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and also, you know, and I, I won't name yeah. name specific companies, but I mean, there are times when I've essentially opened the door to, like, bringing out the best in people and what's really going on here, and it's led to complete transformation of the company in ways that you know the founders might have been booted out not that i did it yeah but the process was you know you guys are not doing something that works here and on the other end the thing worked better you know? okay but in both yeah. of these instances once again not to be yeah. rude you've sort of given examples of sort of other people having problems but what yeah. about for you oh, me yeah like sort of personally in your own process sure of i mean ideas like you know awareness yeah embodiment connection, collaborate. I mean, this is, I think, challenging. You compared it to um, being on a spiritual path or being on a hero's journey. I mean, you must have met some dragons along the way. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, they still show up, different ones. I mean, part of it is, you know, I I get to see my own, or have at times, got to see my own holes, my own contradictions, you know, places where I wasn't necessarily aligned with what I was intending or putting out there. And can, can you give us an example? Oh, boy. You can pick one of the more yeah, innocuous uh, ones, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, I'm just getting, you know, glimpse of images. These are good questions, by the way. Um, well, I'll put it this way, where, you know, maybe my ego or ambition was actually informing me more than I knew. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that while I might have been really facilitating a healthy process on one hand i was also ego and ambition you know was in there and it it affected my ability to you know really hear other people or communicate as yeah effectively that i'm as i might have wanted to so that i mean that's an abstract i'm not giving a specific uh, business context but certainly that ego and ambition and another one is um this is a little different but I've left various companies that I've helped start or helped turn around. Yeah. I've left and I've left disappointed, right? Because the people didn't want to go farther. And now, you know, I recognize that if I had the experience and the knowledge and the skill that I have now, then, that I might have been able, I would have been able to be more effective, right? Mm-hmm. In facilitating process in those places and you know maybe i would have been there longer right so Mm -hmm. i didn't have the tools 
to do what was called for in those mm-hmm. situations. So recognizing that, you know, my skill was, was not up to snuff. Another is there have been times, and even as recently as last summer, when I kind of, you know, held up a big light on what seemed like a real shadowy experience. And I was abused to the point that I was super high stress, you know, uh, wondering if I was going crazy. You know, I mean, it was really intense. And then ultimately, you know, I just stayed, but I felt strongly enough, and I felt strong enough, right? And I had a core team of collaborators who validated, you know, my experience and who shared the experience. So between having enough internal strength and commitment to the process and colleagues and allies to say, yes, you know, that I, was, I persevered and ultimately did transform. The, tra- the situation did transform, uh-huh. not just because of me, yeah. but I was part of a process that led to a transformation of that into what is now a much healthier and productive system yeah. and much more energized, right? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you, you, get, you get hammered for doing this and sometimes you, you have to leave. You can't take the hammering, but sometimes you've got the strength, you've got the commitment, and you've got the support to be able to, to persevere, and then you can make it through, and you know, you ultimately, something happens, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we're talking a lot about these ideas and these principles, yeah. and for somebody who runs an organization, mm-hmm. they might have a lot more leverage in terms of making this happen. Yeah. But what about somebody who's interested in what you're saying, is interested in these ideas of awareness, connection, collaboration, Yeah. you know, uh, but they're an employee in an organization. They think, you know, God, I don't really have much ability to affect this whole thing. The odds are I'm going to be, as you were using some of these examples, just sort of asked to leave if I bring up a lot of these right. issues. Well, you know, again, we're in, a, we're in a time where things are changing, right? And people are calling for this. People are writing about, the, you know, the search for meaning at work. And, yeah. and we have an opportunity to you know, check in with the person sitting next to us, right? I mean, you know, we can complain over the water fountain yeah. or we can say, hey, you know, I wonder if there's anything we can do about this, right? Yeah, that makes sense. But also in an economic downturn, I want to keep my job. And, you know, this isn't exactly the time for me to be on my, you know, philosophical... N- yeah, and you know. and it might be fired tomorrow anyway, right? I mean, I have to admit, yeah. I have a hard time relating to this because I've always just been on the edge and taken the risks, and taking whatever consequences come with them. But yeah. I recognize that not everyone can do that for whatever reasons. Either they yeah. just can't afford the risk or... Or they don't the most, have the strength Or inside. they don't have yeah. the strength or the confidence or the support or whatever yeah. it is. Or the sense of options. Sense of options. Of I mean, you know, I mean, I've had to, you know, pick myself up from the ground and from being broke and all that, you know, yeah. more than once. And you just do it. But... That doesn't mean that everyone should have to go through that, right? Okay. So, so yeah. I want to come back to your, your point. Um, you know, one, one thing is you can, and I've learned this in, you know, studying and practicing Arnie, Arnie Mandel's work, um, process-oriented psychology, and also yeah. in, you know, Buddhist meditation, is that if you work on and cultivate yourself, things shift, right? Uh-huh. Your orientation shift, your relationships with other people shift. Yeah, I think it's a good point. And whole systems can shift based on the actions of one person, right? You then take that and say you're cultivating yourself with these practices of awareness, embodiment, yeah. connection, and then just one other person, right? You have lunch with a colleague and you tell them what you're doing and you ask how they're doing. It's like, hey, you want to do this together, you know? And quietly, I mean, you can just do that, Right? Or you're, you might have a, a, a good relationship on a team, a, a team that you're working on a project together. And you might say, hey, can, why don't we try this, you know, as we're getting ready for this next project? Yeah. So I've got this book I'm reading or I've been studying yeah. this. And, you know, something I think that might actually make us even better and have more fun. Yeah. Right. So find the places where there is an opening yeah. and take those little steps because yeah. every little step, right, creates a new you're in a new place. Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a step. Yeah. Take whatever step you can. And, and then there's that other thing is, you know, it's funny. I had a conversation actually with Hui yesterday, conversation of, you know, all a, of... A, a mutual friend a of A mutual ours. friend of yeah. ours, sorry. A mutual friend of ours, Hui Lam, that, you know, all of these wonderful quotations that we all see in all the books and everything. Yeah. And 
of the you know the great insights of the great masters and leaders and all that they're all true you know and they're all true on deeper levels and as i you know kind of practice more and more and get into this more and more getting to see the truth more and more and one in particular you know goethe you know said take it take the step right whatever it is that you can do yeah. do it now right yeah. and that there's something that happens when you put the flag in the ground and say, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, all manner of events and people and things show up to, yeah. to, you know, make the way easier. And I'm really finding that to be true. You know, and yeah, the obstacles still show up too, but the allies and the gifts show up, you know, and the deeper the commitment you make, and it's not blind commitment, you know, you got to have your eyes open and, you know, read the terrain and, um, you know, awareness isn't just self-awareness, it's awareness of the marketplace and yeah, of other people and all that. But when you put that flag in the ground, you know, things happen. So if you can make that commitment to yourself as, you know, I'm going to be alive. I am not going to die at my job, right? But I'm going to live in my job. And I'm going to find life and joy in my job. And then bring that to work, right? And find it. And then find it with someone else, you know? And be the seed that spreads throughout your whole organization. So, <laughs> Well, it's wonderful. What I was going to ask you, and I think you're already articulating it, is if this is a hero's journey and this idea of working for good, bringing that kind of energy to your work life is the journey of a hero, what, what is the outcome of the hero's journey? Hmm. The outcome of the hero's journey is, you know, you, you receive great gifts, you know, insight, understanding, skill that you get to bring back, right? And share with others and, and service, you know, to your family and your community and your company. And then you get to keep going and other rounds of the hero's journey, right? Because there's new edges, you know, and new frontiers that you're called to explore, right? So that's the, um, the fruit of the hero's journey is you get these gifts that you get to bring back and then you get to go on other adventures and find, you know, find new shadows and hindrances and new allies and new gifts and bring them back too. Wonderful. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. This program has been brought to you by SoundsTrue.com. For those seeking genuine transformation, SoundsTrue.com is your trusted partner on the spiritual journey, offering diverse, in-depth, and life-changing wisdom. Please visit us at SoundsTrue.com and experience our award-winning audio programs for yourself. Programs that embrace the world's major spiritual traditions, as well as the arts and humanities, embodied by the leading authors, teachers, and visionary artists of our time. With every title, we strive to preserve the essential living wisdom of the author, artist, or spiritual teacher. Not only will you receive information, but you will receive the essential quality of a wisdom transmission between a teacher and a student. Many voices, one journey. Soundstrue.com